can't really sing. <laughs> la, 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 la. Hello and welcome to the SBNY podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. And as you heard in the intro song, we got two guys singing la 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 all the way to the bank on this fine Monday morning. But this is the SBNY podcast. My name is Pete Kennedy. I'm your host. The podcast is on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Apple, Google Play, SoundCloud, the whole nine. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review if you like what you've been hearing. But today on The Bill, we're going to be talking a lot about this uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight that happened on Saturday night. We got Yankee stuff to talk about. We have Kevin Durant out on the Bill Simmons podcast, and I have a little Kevin Durant theory to talk about. We got a lot to go on. And in these summer months of sports, you never really know what the big storylines are going to be. But I'm going to say this. In the past couple weeks, we are not short of fake news. And when I say fake news, I mean mostly irrelevant but fun sports news. It's been a great week. But first, how about a word from our presenting sponsor? Wooter Apparel is the number one shop for all custom uniforms and apparel. It has the lowest prices, two to three week turnaround, every sport and any design you can imagine. Go to WooterApparel.com or hit them up on Instagram. Twitter, Facebook, the whole nine, at Wooter Apparel. That's W-O-O-T-E-R Apparel. They fully customize basketball, baseball, football, hats, backpacks, hoodies, everything you can imagine, full customization. And the best part is use discount code SBNY at your purchase. That's discount code SBNY at your purchase at WooterApparel.com. Without further ado, let me bring in my guest for this Monday morning episode of the SBNY podcast, Alec Argento. What's up? So, dude. How are you doing today, man? Good. You want to give a quick birthday shout out to somebody in the room? No. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to the Yankee game tonight, though. Okay. Well, you're, just, you're dodging. I don't really understand what that has to do with... I'm going else. to celebrate your birthday. I'm going to the Yankee game without you to celebrate your birthday. <laughs> That's chill, I guess. Does that make you feel better? No. So it actually is Alec's birthday. <laughs> I've taken you to sporting events many times. That's true. Well, these aren't my tickets, man. How do you want from me? Chill, chill, Actually, chill. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Right. During the day, you might find out. I might have extra space. I'll keep you in, in, in okay, the loop. Okay, cool, cool. Keep cool, you in the loop. We'll go with that. All right, fair enough. But happy birthday. Thank you, man. We, we celebrated, I feel like, since like a whole week. You did a full birthday week. Oh, right, you just saw you one day. Yeah, yeah I, I saw you one day, but I saw you celebrating. I'm a birthday diva, yeah. Yeah, you are a birthday <laughs> diva. Definitely birthday diva. At least you accept it, right? It's fine. We'll, we'll get our things. Speaking of divas, we got to watch some divas on Saturday night in, sure a, little, in a little fight. Sure did. What did you think? Well, let me let me phrase my what do you think question. So the fight was the fight. Yeah, don't get too technical right now. Sure. I, have, I want to ask this question. Sure. Did you have fun watching the fight? Yes, a lot more than I thought. I think it was because my bar was set so low that it was definitely entertaining. Um, thinking about it today, I had I definitely had a lot more. You know, like when you digest it a little bit in the in the moment, the whole spectacle of it is really exciting. But I think when you are able to digest a little bit, you have some more problems. There's still. Definitely worth the price of admission if I were to have paid for it, which I did not. So nice, sick brag for your cheapness. <laughs> no, I'm just I actually don't know if I would have paid if it was worth paying for it. To be honest, I, I, I did one of those uh, one of those at a friend's house. He goes, "Oh, I'll pay for the fight. Just bring some beer." Fair enough. That, that type, type that's deal. the extent of it. I think it's, I did a similar thing. Yeah, so I brought some some uh, beverages, a little snack action, and I watched the fight. I didn't pay for the fight, but it was no, a good that, time. That's good. I will say this, and the reason why I phrased the question is. Did you have fun? Were you entertained? Is because I think it's important before you know we get into technical things of who's complaining about what, yeah. or who won the fight, or who impressed who. Just did you enjoy it? Did you have fun? Yeah. And I would say after all the hype and all the BS and all the press conferences and everything you don't want to talk about anymore, or maybe you do. I don't know. the The fight had legs. Like the fight was legitimate, and I had fun. I was uh, energetic about it. 
And I was kind of on the edge of my seat at multiple points of the fight, and I can't really complain overall. Tell you what, if I, if I if this was what I what I got out of Pacquiao Mayweather, I would have had a lot, a bit, I would have been a lot more excited uh, for the uh, for Mayweather's yeah. next fight. Yeah, th- this this was this was I haven't seen a fight a Mayweather fight as good as this in seven years or so since Cotto or, or or Ricky the Hitman Hatton. Wow. Uh, but I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it wasn't the best boxing match I'll ever watch, but no. it was the best Mayweather fight I watched in a long time because. He actually threw punches. He and, and it was pretty fun to watch McGregor fall right into his trap, which is exactly what everyone thought he would do. Anybody who knows Mayweather thought he would do. Right. Like immediately. It it looks like he's actually uh, you know winning the first couple rounds. He wasn't. He, he most of his uh, punches were getting caught by his gloves. Uh, all of his hits were mostly jabs, and he was hugging him to death. And he exhausted himself by the fourth round. And then May- Mayweather went to Mayweather mode. Mayweather literally just plays that game. Yep. You see how he's turning around, getting Connor to have to latch onto him or latching onto him himself. He was playing that game. He was learning. He was really observant the whole first yeah. one, two, three rounds, even the fourth round. The fourth round was probably that seismic shift, if you want to call it that. But we're going to get more uh, in depth into what we thought about the actual fight. And Sorry. Uh, the fun, no, no, no. no that's, you're, you're doing good. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep it up. No, I was just going to mention that we're going to talk about some other stuff as well. Because in the sport world right now, we do have things going on. We got the Yankees only two and a half games behind the Red Sox. We have the the Mets and the Nationals on Sunday Night Baseball, which, you know, is, <laughs> the only thing that means is that it reminds Met fans that we were supposed to be playing meaningful <laughs> baseball right now. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, and then we're going to talk about this Kevin Durant thing because he was on Bill Simmons' podcast. Actually, part two of his interview with Bill Simmons is coming out today. So I believe it's out now if you haven't listened to it. Check it out. Because I have a theory on Kevin Durant we're going to get into later. But that man has become one of the most real people in the NBA. You see and that hot, my, hot passer got him? That's my teaser for the for the, my theory. What's that? You see that the hot passer got him? What's that? The guy who uh, uh, is who convinced uh, Bieber to get out of Floyd Mayweather's crew and convinced Kyrie to uh, force a trade with Cleveland. He's like the new... Um, I don't know, he's like the new Scientology. He's all, in all these celebrities' ears. He's just forcing his... Uh, I have like, never heard of this. Yeah, you gotta look into it. He's great. He's like this motivational speaker in the city. His name is Hot Master? No, Hot Pastor. Hot Pastor. Yeah, I don't know his real name, but that's like the internet calls him, the Hot Pastor. Um, you're 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 like spitting some... Like, he's very, great. Some real foreign stuff to me right now. Gotta, like, well, I don't know you, what you're you, talking you about. You gotta look into it. He's he's like in all these celebrities' ears. Um, he like he's a motivational speaker in in the city. So you're telling me before before I could even I'm not gonna do any research on this now. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it on the next okay. podcast. But hot pastor is a guy who's a motivational speaker who have says you and say a pastor, and a pastor and his wife is a smoke show too. He uh, has influenced people like Kyrie Irving, Justin Bieber, and yep. Kevin Durant. He's got Kevin Durant now. That's very bizarre, and I'm gonna have to look into it look before into it. I say anything else. It's, it's so great. I have no idea what that is. All right, we'll, we'll talk about it <laughs> in the next pop. But it's so great. He's he's oh, just for, he's doing whatever he wants with the world. He's like gonna slowly take over the world. Very interesting. Also, kind of weird, a little scary. I don't know. We're, we'll digest that another day. <laughs> no, that was, basically my point is we have a lot to talk about. But obviously, this Mayweather McGregor thing is funny, and I want to bring up not funny. It's fun. It's exciting. It's everything. But I want to bring up one thing that you said before. Was that you started off your night for the fight with low expectations? Yep. Reminds me of like when I saw Anchorman two in theaters. Okay. I was like, that sure. Movie, why not? This right? movie's gonna be horrible, and it's a clown show because all these characters that we know are gonna be themselves to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this movie's gonna be really bad, but I'm going with my friends, whatever. And I enjoyed the hell out of Anchorman two in the movie theaters, even though it's not a very good movie. But I found found it great because my expectations were so low. 
Quiet those haters. You know what I'm saying? And I had the same thing last night. And I think, though, even though I enjoyed it with my expectations starting off low, people who had high expectations from my perspective of, you know, observing people who I follow on Twitter, people I was standing with in the room I was watching, uh, I think everybody was mostly pleased by this fight. Maybe not by the outcome or little tidbits of, you know, rules and whatnot. But more or less, would you agree with the fact that it was overall an entertaining fight? Yes, that's, uh, like I said, good boxing, halfway, yes, entertaining, very, very entertaining. I mean, but, you know, to to watch someone just completely hit someone in the back of the head the entire time and hit him in the crotch a couple times, I mean, you know, these are things that fly in UFC, they're just, you know... He should have been DQ'd a couple times, but it's you know it's a, it's a it's silly. It's a spectacle. So it was fun to watch. I gotta say this too: how tough of a spot is that referee in, man? Like, cause he's probably getting... not a tough spot because he could have did whatever he wanted. Like, he was just there to show for show. Like, yeah, but I mean, in the room I was in watching this game, this match, people were flipping out on the box the ref that he wasn't Connor fair. Tra- and Connor tried this. to flip Floyd a couple times. I don't know if you noticed that. He literally tried to he grabbed him by the waist and picked him up in the air. Like he was trying to throw him on the mat. Like that was bananas. I mean, the how do thing, you not how do you not DQ him after that? That was crazy to me. The one thing Connor was doing very consistently as well was coming down with the hammer, fist, the yeah. hammer onto the back of his head. Yeah. And people I was watching with were saying, "It's illegal." Oh, why is he stopping him? Why, what's he supposed to do? Floyd's leaned over him. Like it doesn't matter. You can't that, hammer fist someone's back of their the, head. The, the announcers <laughs> were saying unreal. that Floyd was doing that on purpose. Yeah, he was leaning into it, but Floyd wasn't doing. They, they were they were playing it up too much. Wait, Connor's on, bouncing around. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you watch more boxing than I have in my life. Even if he was doing it on purpose, isn't that well within the rules of what no, he's allowed to do? It, it, well, if he if he's literally turning his back and doing that, he's it's it's on it's on Floyd. Okay. But that's not really what was happening. I mean, Connor was bouncing. Connor was moving around too much in big leaps. His footwork wasn't that great. He was jumping around and and he was allowing Floyd to do that and then punching him in the back of the head. He, he had. He doesn't have control. Floyd has control. And I hate Floyd Mayweather. I've always hated Floyd Mayweather. I hate Conor McGregor. That was part of the reason I was really against this fight. But Floyd has control. Floyd is very in command of what he's doing there. Conor was not. Conor was flailing and playing. Like, he was fighting like a UFC fighter, which was entertaining. That's what was super entertaining to me. Yeah. Is that he's, he's hitting hard, and he's going all out, and then Mayweather's a boxer. And boxing won yesterday. That was exciting to me. That, of, that I liked. One of the things that I found as a trend... Even stretching back to some of the press conferences or interviews that Connor and Floyd have done, uh, what they kind of said and what we heard from them is what happened. So what did Floyd Mayweather say before the fight? To Steve, I think it was an interview with Stephen A. Smith. He's like, "I'm gonna have to step to Flo- like to Connor, and I'm gonna." Floyd goes, "I'm gonna step to him. I have to go after him." And he didn't do that in the first three rounds, but once the fourth, fifth, sixth round came up. Floyd was stepping to him, and he was trying to make boxing plays, and he was trying to take advantage of Conor being tired. That's exactly what he said he was going to do. Floyd does. I mean, Floyd does that in every fight. That's the little. That's right. Move. He figures it out in the fourth round. And then Conor McGregor, on the other hand, said that. Well, I, I heard one of um, the MMA podcast guys, Ariel Helwani. Helwani. Yeah. Helani, yeah. He, he was saying before the fight, which actually made me really think about Conor's approach. How Conor's not going in there trying to outbox Floyd. He knows he can't do that. He's going to bring in his own style. Which, his, with, which was bad boxing. Which was probably bad boxing, but probably his best hope. And it worked for three rounds, it looked like, at least. No, but yeah, he, he lost those rounds. Like, he, I think he won one. I think he won no, the, he, won, he won the first three. No, he won the first two tied and then yeah, lost the rest. He, he wasn't, he wasn't um, 
Well, Floyd only threw twelve punches. In the yeah, first but, but, but so you you lose points when you when you get blocked. Every shot is blocked, and most of his shots were blocked. Floyd Floyd was not as beaten as people exp- thought he was. But from the naked eye, because like I said before, power punches are worth a lot more than jabs. He was not. Um, actually connecting on most of his shots. Most of them were blocked. It just sounds like it is because he's throwing so hard. Floyd ate those. Floyd got hit a couple times in the fight. He got hurt once towards the uh, right before. Oh, he got Floyd. some. He got some good licks in Connor. He, I think he had an upper. He showed Connor. up. Connor showed up. I give. I and I get. Uh, Connor was all hard. Connor was all hard. He, he, gotta, show, he, he showed. Gotta up. Give, you have to give him that. You got to give him credit for that. He wasn't a good boxer, but he was. It was. He, he went all out. You can't like hate on him for any of that. It's exciting. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. But it was also a mockery of the you sport. Know, but you know, what? I, everyone was saying this is bad for boxing. It's great for boxing. I totally. This, I agree with you. You know how many people? More people are going to watch the Canelo versus Triple G fight because of this. I can't wait. That's exactly what I said, and I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Maybe I will. I will. But I was going to watch it anyway. You're more. You've actually watched boxing yeah. fights sometimes. I don't really do that. People who are boxing purists and say that this is all bad and this is stupid. It's a show and that's all it is. Blah 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 blah. blah. Maybe it is just for the money. Maybe it is just a spectacle. But that was a pretty real fight last night. And Conor McGregor showed up, and even though Floyd did his thing, he showed up and fought. Conor loses that fight to any this, special boxer, by the way. I want to put that out. That's any professional That's boxer. fair. Any Especially ones boxer. who are more in their prime than Floyd. Uh, but the amount of eyes that got dragged to this, the <clears> amount of attention that got dragged to this, if people in, enjoyed last night, think about how much more likely they are, just based off US good fighters. pure statistics and odds, pure statistics and odds of how many eyes were on that fight, about how many will now be interested in a better fight in the next couple yep. of weeks. If you're a boxing purist, you're just being ignorant and you're not looking to capitalize are on this huge any, event. Are purists in any sport not the worst? They're, They're the, the worst. worst. They're the worst. <laughs> we were just talking about that before that we were with the pod star with the Yankees with the jerseys. And like anybody who actually cares about three days of like a fun little thing that they're doing, you're the worst. Like you're just an absolute horrible person. I couldn't agree more. And that's a little tease for later when we get into this Yankee stuff. We're gonna obviously be talking about their serious run for the division and wild card and all that, but also how these Yankee purists, oh my god, it's like your history is getting lit up on fire because you're putting a couple of names on the back of their jerseys during a league-wide event. Get over yourself. Get over your team. Any sport purist. Any sport purist. Very frustrating. That's the worst. But let's, let's finish up on this, sure, this yeah, McGregor-Mayweather no, stuff. By the way, uh, I told you this before the pod, but I feel like this is a fun little thing to share. I heard Conor McGregor called Gregor McConnor on the radio the other day, and it just made me chuckle. I'm telling you. I wish his name was Gregor McConnor. UFC people <laughs> are like, for me, like, and I watch Game of Thrones, but like Game of Thrones people I always say are the worst. UFC people are really bad too because they don't really like I don't know like they don't like they were I heard a lot of callers on radio stations the past couple of weeks calling about boxing and they don't know anything about boxing it's it, they're calling about Conor McGregor the UFC fighter and I'm sure he's a very good UFC fighter he's quite entertaining in the UFC but too. don't don't act like you know anything about Floyd Mayweather when you've never watched one of his fights you yeah know? And, don't, and you don't know the rules of boxing like it's it's not just thrashing that's i'm glad i'm glad you're here for this episode too because i want to clear something up as well it's something that last night i thought i understood and thought i was giving good points back and i think based off what i'm hearing from you i was pretty close but in those first rounds where connor won 10-9 10-9 i believe it was the first two rounds it that, felt that was the unofficial score the, by the way that was the, uh, that was the unofficial, that was unofficial score. scoring good to note good to note but let's use that as a as a, okay, as a place right now just for general stuff here People who I was watching with were saying 10-9, like Connor was in full control, he got all the punches in, Floyd didn't even throw punches, and this and that, and this and that. And the first thing I, that jumped out to my mind was like, 
what you're just saying is that Connor won the round and he won the round 10-9. Winning a round 10-8 or 10-7 is like almost unheard yeah. of in boxing. Like that doesn't happen. Right. 10-9 is like you won the round. Otherwise, yeah. it's going to be tied and it's going to be close. That's just how boxing works. Can you just give a little bit more of an insight to that of how Connor looked like he was winning in the beginning versus how he was only kind of winning? And then also, I noted right away, this is exactly what Floyd does. He's in this for a 12-round fight. He ain't in this for a four-round fight. 100%. I mean, it's, it, it, I'm just saying it looked a lot closer than it, it looked a lot less close than it was, but it, it was a lot closer because Mayweather was in control. Than, Connor was not in control even when he was hit, make, landing punches. He was never in control. He was falling into Floyd's trap. Floyd was composed the entire time that he was there. And Connor was just trying to figure out whatever worked in that thing. I, when he was doing those rabbit punches, like he was doing like the Fighting Irish uh, thing from, from Notre Dame, like he looks ridiculous. That's not how you box. And like he's doing these low uppercuts and hit him in the crotch a couple of times. He was he, he came real close to the midsection. He hit him a couple of times. The, the, the ref told him to stop doing that. Nah. The ref had to give so many warnings at, at a certain point, though. Like that's, that's kind of when I took a step back and I was like, right, I can't really take this too seriously. Because this ref does not actually care about this fight. He's just going to let it go till the end. He's of making it. sure no one gets seriously hurt. And he's making sure that, uh, that this stays close to fair. Can we talk about that too a little bit? Just real quick. Um, do you have a problem w- w- with him uh, stopping the fight at the end? That is one thing I was going to bring up before we ended. Sorry. No, no that's fine. Your toes. So, um, no, no, no. You're doing, you're doing good. Just like I said before. You're doing good. <laughs> Thanks, bud. And if you're listening to this fine podcast and you think Alex's doing good, don't forget <laughs> to subscribe and review. <laughs> Drop some stars. Mention Alex's name. He deserves it. It's his birthday. Thanks, bud. And after this episode, he'll never deserve it because he only does his birthday <laughs> once a year. Um, but that is something that I think he did a little quick to pull. Like, he pulled the trigger too quick, but... To qualify it, Connor was completely out at that point. He was standing up, but not defending himself. He was wobbling. He was and wobbling. If, like if the if fight ended there or at any point after that, Floyd was winning. That round so was. You can complain to me all day you want, and I actually was in in arguments last night after this about how he called it too quick and he could. He was still on his feet. He had his hands up. He was trying to defend himself. I don't care. Floyd had the fight at that point. Yeah. Connor was stumbling for fifteen seconds almost. Back and forth, back and forth into the into the ropes, and he wasn't doing anything. He was out. Floyd had it, and he dropped his hands for so, a while too. Did you notice that? Yes. His hands were at his side for a while, and, and even when they were up, they were stagnant. They weren't moving. He's not defending himself at that point. He's literally not defending himself. I thought Connor played it really well, and he what he said after the the, the thing was like after the uh, yeah, fight, he said right. in the press conference, "Let the man knock me to the ground. Yeah, let me knock him to the ground." Is that a little accent there? Do, did I, I, do, do I, I, hear, I hear a little bit of an Irish accent in did there. Did I do an Irish accent there? I, I, I don't, guess. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even really mean to. I guess. It kind of just happened. <laughs> <laughs> but he said it. Let the man knock me to the ground. Right? I was still there. Let him take me down. I get that. I get that completely. And if you want to make that your big point of complaining, you can be miserable over it. But even Me, he didn't make that big of a... No, he didn't. Yeah. He knew he got got. Yeah. He totally knew he got got. He's like, I wish it ended... It was going to end, but I wish it ended a different way. It's right. kind of what he was saying. So if you want to nitpick over that and be all pissy that the, the ref called it too too soon, go ahead. Be miserable by yourself. Me, on the other hand, Connor was done. I'm, Floyd had that. Just tell me it wasn't exciting to see Floyd knock someone out after seven years, after he retired for... Like, that's but I cool. Think, see, like, that you're, I like, you're saying that, and you're right, and I agree with you. 
But you know how many people are out there saying, "Oh, it wasn't a real knockout because he didn't fall to the ground." Mm. He was still trying no, to. No, but you know, but but this I was telling you guys, you you and a couple other friends yesterday. These weren't standard boxing rules, which is I don't I I was not aware that this was sanctioned by any professional boxing fight because of all the re- reasons. This was not there was no standing eight count allowed in this game. This was not Marcus of Queensbury, which was the typical rules. Of, of boxing, the, the, the established rules of boxing. I had no idea you were such a boxing nerd. <laughs> well, you know I, way more than I, I, I used to. I used to watch well, a lot of boxing. You're, you're dropping these technical terms on me. like I, what, uh, You know what it is? I'm a casual fan, but I look a lot less casual because I watch more boxing than most That's people. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll watch the big fights and everything like that, but I, I, you know, I don't watch the little undercards and stuff like that, but I watch the big fights. It's exciting to watch. But anyway, there was no standing eight count, which is, you know, when you're, when you're, uh, for most people, I would assume you know, but when you get knocked down and the and the, the, the referee gives you eight, eight seconds to get back up, this was always going to be decided by the referee. Uh, whether or not the game was over by a knockout was going to be the referee's discretion. Um, so at that point, he was going to get knocked out either that round or the round after. There was no coming back for him. He was so exhausted. So gassed. And he was, at that point, overmatched in every sense of the term. As far as the mental fight, the physical fight, the tactical fight. You know what he I was see? outmatched by that point. And one, one quick thing. I, I've been saying this the entire... You can't teach hand speed. You cannot teach hand speed. And that was always going to be McGregor's downfall. Is that McGregor is not as quick as Mayweather is. And you can never teach that. You can never earn that skill. That's just whether you have it or not. And most people don't have that. That's why he's 50 and now. Yeah. And you know what? When you look at Conor and what he said after the, after the fight. And I thought... I thought he gave one of the most genuine post-fight interviews you can give. I, I have no complaints about what Connor said. I heard um, different rumblings of, oh, uh, who would ever say like they, uh, they want to get knocked to the ground like that's soft. I'm like, no, that is admirable. He, he gave an admirable and genuine reaction to fighting one of the best fighters of all time. He says, I thought I was going to get him, but that man is composed and he knows what he's doing yep. in the ring and he got me. I, I thought I was close. I thought I did pretty good. But he got me in the end. Like, for, he got me. For someone who doesn't really like the pageantry and showmanship of, like, the UFC or WWE, which is, they do it on purpose. It's part of the right. thing. It was nice to see these two people finally be genuine at the end. Genuine you, as hell. Yeah, like, you can tell that these people don't, they don't dislike each other after all the press conferences that I had to sit, like, sit. They don't, they don't, that was all for show. It was just, that was UFC stuff. That's not really boxing stuff, you know? Like, obviously there's press conferences. They don't have to have 16 of them all in a week. Like, that's ridiculousness. That's so, why they were calling this one of the biggest fights. Of yeah, all time. but but that, that, and they did a good job of PR. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like you know, I got sick of it, and I was As able, did I. and I was able to watch at the end Mayweather just be honest, McGregor be honest, and they were you know they respect each other like Mayweather respected him for getting into the ring with him like and he uh, and McGregor was I think he always knew he was gonna lose that fight. Yeah, I think he had a little bit of like oh my maybe I actually could. And he, sh- he showed up. Oh, also, he showed up and brought it. Other people who think this was fixed. You're stupid, too. You're so dumb. Ugh, don't get me started on conspiracy theorists. The worst. <laughs> don't get me started there. You're, you're so stupid if you think that. And if you're listening, lose my number. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't at me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, it was, that was kind of cool. I like genuine honesty and, and, and stuff like that in my sporting events. And, like, you could tell when people hate each other. Don't try to convince me you do when you don't. It just seems forced. So it was cool that, you know, that they understood this was kind of like a mockery of the sport. But whatever. They're doing it for money. Yeah. It's called the money belt. You Absolutely. Know, like, Legit. Money. They called the belt money. It's true. And I'll add this about Floyd because I said that Connor gave a genuine reaction to the fight. How? He didn't want it to end. He wanted to get knocked down. Thought that was awesome. 
thought it was cool that he said he thought he was doing well, but then that composed mother effer, Con- uh, Floyd came back and, right. and got him. But Floyd gave a very genuine one as well because he basically stated right after the fight that Connor caught him off guard a little bit in the beginning. He did it, but it was part of the plan yeah. to get to see what he's Let got. Let him do what he's got to do. Right. So it worked for Floyd, but he basically gave him a little bit of credit too, which I think with that all being said, it it gives me the idea that everybody kind of got what they want. Because now these big McGregor people, these big Conor McGregor fans, can sit down and say to themselves and to their their uh, echo chambers, as we like to call mm-hmm. them, they can say, "Oh, Conor would have had, like, could have had him. He was close to Rev. They could have theirs and sh- and see that Conor actually, you know, put up a good fight." And then everyone else who says Conor's a joke and Floyd was clearly going to win, whether they like Floyd or not, they can say, "Oh, well, Floyd and boxing won in the long run." So like everybody kind of got what they want, and us people in the middle, like me and you, who just wanted to be entertained a little yeah. bit, we saw some some fun fighting. Right, so that's my that's my takeaway. I wasn't blown away. I had a great time. I thought the fight was exciting. I thought everyone showed up. Under and it was real. Horrible, by the way. The, I don't know if you watched any of them. They were they were trash. My man, Fluffy Pants and Fluffy Hood. You seen Fluffy Hood? <laughs> yeah, I saw the yeah. Fluffy Hood. I actually threw like a friendly five on with with a couple of friends. <laughs> we threw like friendly five. I picked Fluffy Pants. My man was duck get dodged up, diff diving and dodging. He was pretty cool. But then it ended in crap, so it didn't matter. The D- Davis winning with the uh, with the that's back what I'm talking about. Punch, yeah. We call him fluffy pants. No, 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 I'm saying Davis winning with the back of the head punch was not great. It was stupid. That was not great. So, any last words on the fight? Because we're gonna move on uh, during this episode of the yeah. So UFC people can maybe they can finally stop telling me that boxing is so lame they should be doing more or whatever um, because it's they're perfecting an art. You're master uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Boxing is boxing. A boxer cannot go win UFC, uh, win, win in the octagon unless he knows other stuff. But knowing MMA does not mean you know boxing. Right. Just because it's a part of it does not mean you know boxing. And put some respect on that name. Put some respect on it. Put some respect on the UFC too, man. Connor did his thing. Yeah, I guess. Connor did his thing. For expectations, I thought he did good, man. I, I, I'll give it to him. Better than I thought. I was a happy kid. Also, man. but also, again, he was. Playing, he was fighting like he was in the UFC a lot of times. He, his instinct was coming in there. So. Absolutely, absolutely. But that man puts on a show. Fair enough. Charismatic. The guy as puts hell. on a freaking show. Charismatic is all hell. Gonna miss him from the news cycle for a while. He did the accident. Yeah, that's how I did it. That's a little Australian <laughs> don't, too. Don't do that. Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> uh, but it's time next week. Conor will announce his retirement from fighting, and he'll be a full time actor. Apparently, it doesn't look like he's gonna be doing the UFC anymore. That's what I've been reading. Hey, man, if he keeps getting paid like this, he's going to be doing boxing fights every month. Um, not every month, obviously. It doesn't happen. The UFC you know. has a big problem on their hands, I think. Dana White has a big problem on his hands. Dana White still uh, feels uh, kind of on top, though. He kind of feels like he's he the guy. He feels on top, but his employees don't. Because mm-hmm. they, they're he, they little indentured servants. You know, all uh, irrelevant... Um, um, What's the word? Relatively speaking. Yeah. But um, they can go, if they can go into, into the square circle and make <laughs> six times more. Into the square circle? Yeah. Never heard that? <laughs> no, I never heard it. Come on, man. Never heard it. N- no less about boxing. All right. All right. <laughs> but anyways, this is the SBNY Podcast. I'm Pete Kennedy. Joined here with Alec Argento. If you haven't done so already, don't forget to like, follow me on Twitter. Follow your boy on Twitter at Pete Kennedy, two watts. Or SportBlogNYC at SportBlogNYC. That's the Twitter there. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. Drop some stars. Drop some reviews. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. There's a strong history showing that if you give some feedback and hear, uh, let us know what you want to hear more of, it might come through. It might come through. So definitely give us your feedback. We love that you come in every week to listen. And we love even more when you interact with the show and tell us what you think. Tell me what you think about anything. So don't forget about that. But I want to give you my theory, Alan. Sure. Okay? So... This is about Kevin Durant, and okay. we still got to get to the Yankees later. 
Uh, we got to get to maybe some some basketball stuff we'll throw in at the end. But right now, there's a little Kevin Durant Couldn't help theory yourself, huh? that I got. Yeah, I can't help myself. <laughs> so Kevin Durant sat down with Bill Simmons for the fourth time, has now been on Bill Simmons' podcast. I believe, I don't know if they're all since the Warriors stuff, but at least three of them are since the Warriors stuff. And that is... When you a, say the Warriors stuff, you mean since you joined the team? Since you joined the okay. team, yeah. yeah. Um, so Kevin Durant is in a place with Bill Simmons where... He feels comfortable that he can go in, speak his mind, not get criticized if he drops an F-bomb here or drops a shit there. And he's the mo- like he's very genuine on air, right? And if you haven't noticed with Kevin Durant on Twitter recently, run through his tweets and replies, that man doesn't back down from everybody, anybody and has been really spitting fire and trying to keep it as real as possible about any subject on Twitter. He's been going at people, and he doesn't care. And now he goes on the Bill Simmons podcast... And he's talking about this player. He's talking about Russ. He's talking about the Kyrie trade. Why Kyrie wants to trade LeBron. He's being open and honest and and candid, right? And I'm listening to this podcast, and I I don't love Kevin Durant specifically. I'm not like he's not my favorite player or anything like that. But I like him. Obviously, one of the best players in the league. And I just couldn't help myself but appreciate the man's openness, honesty, and candidness with Bill and on the podcast to millions of viewers, right? I think Kevin Durant, and this is my theory, is reaching, if not reached that point already, where people are starting to forgive what he did by leaving Oklahoma City and go to Golden State. Maybe not forgive is the right word, but look past it and accept him for the person and player that he is and appreciate him again. Because he's now become so honest with the media and so candid when he's available that he's one of the only people who actually tell everyone how he feels. And if it's controversial, he doesn't care. And if it's a little um, inappropriate, he doesn't care. He's going to speak his mind, and he's going to be himself, and he doesn't care what you have to say about it. And I think he's passing that point of being general hater, like hated on. Can I talk? Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> I mean, you didn't listen to any of this podcast. Like, no, no. You have to go through and listen to him. No, but he's just like he's a real dude. Didn't listen to it. He's a real you dude. Have to remember, most people didn't listen to it like I did. Like, like you did it. Like, like I didn't. Yeah. So you, but you, no. But this you is are into Bill Simmons. You like him. You want to listen to what he's got to say. You want to listen to Kevin Durant. You, you, you've gotten comfortable with him because Bill Simmons has gotten comfortable with him. Most people, and I, I hate his Twitter. I think he's a tryhard. I think all he does is like try to act like he's cool, and then he flips out on people because he can't handle criticism. Um, and uh, and then at the end of the day, everyone will always remember that he did this. They won't remember the fact that he took a pay cut this year. What they're going to remember is the same reason they remember LeBron leaving uh, leaving Cleveland, and when he leaves again this year to go somewhere else, they remember that. They they people remember what they don't like. Not what they do like. That's it, it rings truer in your in your head. I will never like Kevin Durant ever, unless maybe I can convince myself I probably could if he was Nick. I could probably convince myself. <laughs> probably. Probably convince myself. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, I actually don't think I could do that with LeBron. I've, I've said that before. I don't think I could convince myself to like LeBron even if well, he was Nick. You don't like LeBron the person. You yeah, like you like, like him as a player. Well, I like Kevin Durant <laughs> as a player as well. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, how can you not? They're That's, pretty similar. They're pretty spectacular. Yeah, they're pretty similar in that respect to me. I think they're both they're both similar types of people. Um, you know, expedient to their career, wherever the best spot for them to win is. And I, res- I always say I respect that in, in basketball because all your money comes from endorsements anyway. It doesn't matter where you make your money on the team. Your money, if you're a player like Kevin Durant, you're making 17 times the amount on your <coughs> on your paycheck uh, by by doing endorsements and stuff like that. But just the way he de- did it and 
just to go to that team. It's yeah, just, it's, right. It's, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't want to talk about that. But I'll give you another another prefacing point of why, what made me think about this, right? Sure. So they're asking him, Belgians is asking him about this Kyrie situation, why Kyrie might want to leave and this and that. So he brings up loyalty, and he says that in sports and in basketball, you hear a lot about loyalty. Loyalty to a team, loyalty to a coach, loyalty to Good this, loyalty. to fan loyalty, all that stuff. Yeah. And he says it's fake. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Because loyalty is with relationships. So you and the trainer in Oklahoma, him and the trainer in Oklahoma City might still be best friends. I might talk. But all, front office to player to coach. Yeah, your business. When you're, once you're putting money on paper, it's business, right? So he's talking about that. And now you think about Kyrie Irving not showing loyalty but in many ways getting praised for it. He's leaving. He's like doing the anti-Kevin Durant. He's leaving a team with a walk with a walkthrough to get to the finals to go to a team. Well, no, he's going to yeah. another really great team. But for the one still, the two seed, which he didn't he choose. He didn't choose the Celtics, though. So you can say that he did the anti-Kevin Durant. He wanted out of the situation. He did mellow. That was the flip, the layup for the for the finals. And it comes back to loyalty, though. So Kyrie showed loyalty, and he probably still does with relationships with certain people. But he knows once he heard that Kyrie was in trade talks, Kyrie Irving thinks, ah, they're, they're looking to trade me? Well, all right, fine. Get me the hell out of here. And Kevin Durant and LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and all of these different players are creating this movement in basketball where it's like owners, when it comes down to it, they don't care about you, they don't care about you as a player. So if you're a player and you're in a position where you can make your situation better via a team, via free agency, via asking for a trade, go on and do it. And maybe if people can choose a contract solely based off the best money available, why can't somebody choose signing a contract based off of playing the team they want to play for? And that's why, where he kind of fell, and that's what he brought up and said, people sign contracts all the time because it's the most money. Why can't someone sign a contract because it's where they want to play, where they want to play ball, and not deal with as much you know this and that? I don't know. It's pretty interesting to me, and it's pretty candid to me. I, it makes me look at him in a more positive light. And I think my whole point is, hopefully here, give it a listen. And maybe you'll still think he's a fraud. That's fair. I, I think it's very interesting, though, and like how it's going to ripple down to the younger generation of basketball players. I've said this before. I don't really care about super teams. I don't have a problem with super teams. The more, the better. That's awesome. I want more super teams. I don't like when there's one that's leaps and bounds better than every other one. That's what bothers me. And then one other person extra getting into there. you know. But if, if we can keep a level of parity at that level... Of <coughs> excuse me of skill, if everyone can be like the the Warriors, that's awesome. That's what I want. Yeah. But I, I just you know I'm never gonna like him. Uh, just just like LeBron created something different in the NBA that I don't like. Kevin Durant did that as well. Right. And that's just gonna have a ripple effect, and it's gonna create the NBA into something I, don't, I like a lot less. I think. You think so? Yeah. You have you still have a negative taste in your mouth with all that. It'll never go away. With all that like player empowerment and all that stuff doesn't doesn't do anything. It, it has no. It ha- I don't. I don't think that they shouldn't do it, but I don't like it. You yeah. know, that's the whole thing. Is that like you could do it. You're one hundred percent right. You could do whatever you want, and you should do whatever is the best situation for you. But doesn't mean I have to like it. Right. That's my whole thing. That's fair. Yeah. I hear that, man. I really do. Uh, I mean, I think. Amongst younger people, because people much younger than us, all this stuff doesn't really even matter yet. Yeah. You know, like a 12-year-old isn't sitting in, oh, maybe a 12-year-old's a little older. Like a 9, 10-year-old isn't, you know, sitting playing 2K, pissed off at Kevin Durant because he left to go to right. Golden State. He's playing with him in 2K <laughs> and pulling threes from 30 feet. <laughs> but you know, what, you know what bothers me, too, with that whole situation is that that shouldn't have happened. The, the league money got raised 
only in one year. They thought it was going to keep. It was just the one year that Kevin Durant was was able to squeak in there because the the cap got raised. It worked out so perfectly, and that bothers me too. Is that that should not have happened? That was just like a, it, the one little ripple in there. It makes sense why it happened though, the TV deal and all that. Yeah, no, no. But everyone thought the the deal was going to keep raising the cap, keep raising the cap, and it didn't. It's just that one year, all these teams are overpaying for people, and he got. A very modest deal because he got all the cap space left on that team, which was a lot of it because they were all underpaid. And he was able to squeak in there, and that pisses me off. Like that, that was just such a little, uh, little slimy move, uh, <laughs> in my opinion. You know where I stand. Super teams don't last forever. They don't. Uh, that team's gonna last a couple of years. Dynasty, dynasties can last. I disagree with you because the, the the Bulls did it for a long time. The the Celtics did it for a long time. The Lakers did it for a long time. Yeah. They, they, do they were able to. They do less. They were able to supplement different different pieces pretty effectively, which is pretty much exactly what the Warriors did. Yeah. So uh, you're right. Maybe they will last. But I don't know. They already have three years on the books of being basically the top one of the top teams in basketball. So it'll be interesting if like how much longer can they stay on top? And will one of these players say, "Well, I had a great time at Golden State. Still love you guys, but I'm out." Like is that that can when, when can that happen? Is that going to happen? He's not as bad as LeBron like that. LeBron's literally going to go wherever he feels like going and just leaving. Just shambles in AKA LA. I guess so. I don't know. I, I thought I thought Kevin Durant was gonna go to uh, go to the um, stay with the Thunder. So yeah, you know, I, I can never really tell where they're gonna go. Who the hell knows? They uh, probably don't even know yet. You know, Paul Paul George and, and him on that team that'd be cool. It probably would be a weird team that wouldn't really work well. But Paul know. George, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. No, oh. no, on the on the Lakers. Oh, 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 oh. Him and, yeah, yeah, him, yeah. And, him and, uh, and and LeBron were on the same team. They had oodles of talent: Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Yeah, but it kind of stymies their Julius growth, Randall. doesn't it? Don't you think? Like, if you have two players like that, uh, it makes them win now. It makes them more win now. Yeah, but it takes the Everybody ball. step up to the plate. It takes the ball out of the people's hands that matter. I think. I don't know. I, Not when LeBron's bringing you to the finals and Paul George is bringing you to the finals. I suppose so. You know, what he's I mean? like. <laughs> that voice crack definitely slipped in there. <laughs> that was a bad one. All right, well, that's interesting. So if, if you haven't heard it, I definitely recommend giving a listen to that Bill Simmons, Kevin Durant vehicle. Um, it was just interesting to talk to listen to him talk and uh, talk about the players in the league that, you know, he thinks don't get enough credit and the Kyrie situation. It was all very interesting takes, and he was keeping it real in my opinion. So check it out. You think that trade goes through? That is another thing that we've got to talk about. Oh, this is so very bizarre. Too. No, no, you're not stepping on my toes. You're just you're just helping out co-host the show. You're cool. doing, you're doing a great. You're doing Good a great seg- job. Good segues. So Isaiah Thomas's hip is a little weird, uh, according to his physical, I guess, right? And this trade is kind of in purgatory right now. Classic Danny Ainge. Just oh, can't commit. Can't commit to anything. This fucking guy. Trying to get one over. Him. He's trying to unload a, 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 a expiring contract. Oh, don't notice this little hip injury over here, and then you know try to rip him off for as much as possible. So what we're hearing now is that this might lead to Boston having to send another piece, and that can get tricky because who knows what Cleveland's going to want? Are they going to try to get another pick now? A lot of things that can happen with this Isaiah Thomas not passing his physical thing. But this is another wrinkle. I don't think it's too much to talk about, though, in this very moment. It's kind of like a wait until it happens type thing. Fair enough. Right? Fair enough. That's pretty fair. Go to your head right now. You, you think the trade goes through the way it is? Yeah, I think it goes through the way it is. Fair enough. I, I, think, don't, I, don't, I think asking for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is way too much. That's way too much. Yeah, so. Even, like, you can say this pick that they have from the Lakers is as good as Jalen Brown, right? Because it's a top three pick. Oh, maybe it won't be a top three pick, but you know what I mean. It's just not because they're they're there and they're making an impact yeah. on a winning team this year. You know, like Boston for all they're expected to do this year, they're relying on a third year player in Jalen Brown and oh yes, third year player in Jalen Brown Two and years. a first year player. Two years. 
Uh, and Jason Tatum. Isn't Jalen Brown was the year after Porzingis, so two years. So he's a rookie last year, right? Yeah, he's a rookie last year. Jalen Brown is a second year player. He's going to be a starter probably. And Tatum's a first year player. And they're expecting to compete with Cleveland and make a championship, relying heavily on two guys in the middle of that rotation. Who have very little experience. I don't think they're relying on them as much as you think they are. I mean, they, they, you got you got a lot of veterans that are pretty... You have Kyrie and Hayward on the, on the start. Kyrie, Hayward, and Horford. Yeah, those guys are going to be pretty heavily relied on as opposed to Jason uh, Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown. They're going to get their minutes. But think wrong. about their fourth, fifth, sixth guys. Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, and Jalen Brown. Yeah, but I'm just saying, they're not going to be as relied upon as others. Also. That's fair. That's fair. But they got to play a role. I think, I, think they're, I think they're able to be eased into that, te- that, that you know, um, solid piece of the team uh, with the pieces they have around them. Play their role, get the job done. Yeah, and then eventually they'll be stars in their own right. We'll see. It'll be fun. Uh, let's, move, let's flip over to the Yankees for a little bit. Go for it. Let's talk some baseball. Oh, I like that. Let's start off with the actual baseball stuff. Okay. So, the Yankees are currently constituted at two and a half games below the Red Sox in the uh, AL. I was about to say the NFC East. There you go. <laughs> football season, football baby. Season. We can Can't wait. Can't, Can't wait. wait. You know, wait, real quick, real quick. Let's just note how not newsworthy a Jets-Giants preseason oh game is. Oh, God. So boring. Like, I, 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 not even boring, just like that I have to hear about, talk about it. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. I don't want to hear about it. Like, at all. It's miserable. They're, oh, my God. 95% of talk about the Jets is miserable to begin with. And it's a bunch of, uh, you know, shouting matches between, just let Hackenberg play. Why don't we give Petty a chance? Josh McCown, what's he doing? And I'm just like, shut up, all of you. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it's horrible. One thing I will say though is just really quick, you gotta be worried with the Giants' offense going into. They they have, doesn't seem like they fixed any of the issues. That's very true. Hold that one. Let's go back to the Yankees. Sure. To the AL East, not the NFC East. Sure. So the AL East, Yankees two and a half games back. Let's go. Gary Sanchez has been phenomenal. He's been absolutely great. Aaron Judge showing some signs of getting closer to kind of closer to where he once was. Here and there, yeah. Where is your number one cause for concern with this team for this last month and a half? Is it in the lineup still as it's, as it's been for the past couple weeks? No, because... Or I'll is t- it flipped back to a bullpen pitching situation? I'll tell you one thing. When they have... They've, they've had some, like, you know, areas of concern this year. They have never been fully healthy. The entire year they've never been fully This This past weekend was the first weekend that Didi Gregorius, Aaron Judge, Greg Bird... Uh, Starling Castro and Gary Sanchez were all in the lineup together. First time in the whole season. The first time of all season. The entire season. All season. Wow. That's they finally got. Uh, they, they have uh, Aaron Hicks back now. They have Starling Castro back now. They have Greg Bird, who seems to. I mean, knock on wood, he seems to uh, you know figured some things out when he was in, in rehab. Maybe it was actually some that hairline fracture that they finally found. Maybe that was what the issue was. He seems to be a competent baseball player again. Yeah. Sonny Gray, really good number two uh, 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 pitcher. Tanak has been pitching great the past couple weeks, like fantastically. Uh, Severino's great. CeCe's been hit or miss, but you can get a real nice start out of CeCe. Hopefully he keeps you in games. The problem is still the bullpen. And it's annoying because they just give up that one hit a game. It's it's that one hit where, you know, they'll take someone out, put it in the, like the one reliever who has, Joel put in a guy who has good numbers against him, and then he'll come up and give up an, uh, an inherited run. They give up so many inherited runs. That's such an issue. And it doesn't seem like that's going to stop. And Chapman is still horrible, losing games for us in the 11th inning. Uh, he's just horrible. Um, and also, these suspensions are not going to be great. <laughs> You're doing such a good job on your birthday yeah. of Segway. leading me 
right where I was about to be led by myself. Does that make any sense? Sorry if I stepped on your toes. Yeah. Stop <laughs> stepping on my dang toes, man. I'm about to not cut my toenails next time so you can get sliced, sliced and diced a little bit. What up? But let's talk about that. So you're thinking the bullpen's a little bit of a cause for concern. I think it's a little bit of everything. If from my perspective and a, and a quick uh, synopsization. Yeah, that's a word. <laughs> I love making up words, by the way. Synopsization. You know exactly what I mean, but it's not a word. The Yankees need to be a little better at everything, right? They need to be a little more consistent hitting. They need to not get all jumbled up with the bullpen. And their starting pitching needs to be consistent. So, yeah, that's fine. But let's talk about what was actually very exciting and fun and newsworthy. Did something happen about the while I was at work all day? Yes, and I know you watched it. <laughs> it sure did. As I did as well. I don't know about it in your office, but in my office, it was like a whole ordeal. Like, everybody was up at the TV watching it. Because, you know, the game was on. You peek around, you peek at it, you don't pay attention. Must be nice. I had to hide it on my phone the entire game. Oh, no, we have it up there on the wall. And all of a sudden, I hear people, like, chatting about it and buzzing and buzzing. I was watching on my computer as well, but because I'm not in sight. So I get up and walk over to where everyone is. And there's a lot of chatter, there's a lot of debate, a lot going on, and everyone calms down. And then all of a sudden, again, <laughs> and again, and the bench is cleared, and the bench is cleared, and it was electric, and it was so much fun. But then came a whole lot of controversy of who deserved this game, and who deserved that many games, and who was defending himself, versus who threw on him on purpose, and it was a bunch of crap that really bothered me from the fans, not from the actual game, from the fans, and who was complaining about this, who complained about that. Ah. A lot of stuff. So what did you think about it? All holistic. Awesome. Entertainment factor, fairness factor, everything in between. What did you think of that fight? Super awesome. Love that. You take the suspensions, great, whatever it was. That galvanizes the team. That could be the big turning point for the team. Uh, you bond when you brawl together. Uh, Miggy is the worst person in the world in my eyes now. I used to like him. Uh, he's have, He took out the fact that he was having a bad year on uh, Austin Romine. Um... Austin Romine should not get a suspension. He literally didn't throw a punch. I watched the whole thing. That is that is so wrong. No. He, that is egregious. Can I tell you what happened? Sure. So you're wrong. What happened was he took his mask off. Miggy was saying something to him. He got in his face. Miggy uh, pushed him. Then he tried to shadow box. Miggy is a horrible fighter, by the way. Watch yeah. this. Horrible. Didn't connect one punch. Romine took him to the ground. Didn't throw a punch. And you can watch videos. He never threw a punch. He had him on the ground. And he slipped out of the pile after that. That is wrong. I watched it. I watched it too. I don't know what you watched. Because he slipped out of the pile. I watched a- him slip wait. out of the pile. After Romine got into the scuffle. After he dodged and then uh, wrapped him up and brought him to the ground. Right? That happened. I didn't see one punch thrown. No. Miggy, Miggy went and he missed a couple punches. Romine ducked, grabbed, and put him on the ground. Yeah. Right? Then a little scuffle ensues. Miggy has a couple people on him. Romine sneaking out of the pile, throwing kidney shots multiple times to Miguel Cabrera on his way out of the pile. Did you literally? Really, I didn't see that. You really did not I see did that. I did not see that. That and, is and, an, and Romine to an egregious error. Romine also part. said he didn't do that, so I, I didn't see it, and then I didn't have anything leading to me. I, mean, I have to check it out. That's not what I saw. That is an egregious. And error. I haven't really combed through the video. I kind of just watched it live and watched a little bit of the, re, the, the recaps. And those recaps, by the way. Can't go by recaps. You gotta watch it live. I watched it live. No, no, I'm not saying you. I'm just like when people say the whole Sanchez thing. Like Sanchez deserves to get suspended. Yeah, he does. But don't act like he's the scummiest person in the world. That that's ridiculous. If you like, I've seen people saying he's just a, such a dirtbag for doing what he did. He has his team's back. He's getting in there. He was getting hit. You throw that in there, it, it, things happen in, in, in the brawl. Suspension, yeah, but don't act like he's the first person to do something right. like and, that. Right, and don't act like he got more games than Miguel Cabrera, because Miggy got the most. He Miggy, deserves the most. And he deserves, he deserves the most, though. right? Yeah. So, 
you didn't see those punches at the end thrown by Roman to, regardless to Miggy's self, and You know what? Regardless, it's self-defense. But it's that, there's the point where it becomes not self-defense. It's self-defense for him to dodge and tackle him and then maybe throw a punch or two. But then after multiple people are on top of Miguel Cabrera and he's getting dragged out of the pile and still throwing punches, no longer self-defense. That's Honestly, why he only got that. two. I, I can't say anything because I didn't see it. I, I, I've watched the videos a couple times. I have not seen that. And maybe it does exist, but not the angles I watch it at. So... Other than that, it's kind of it's kind of hard to see all that kind of stuff with uh, with with all that going down. And place. with all those Yankees not having names on their jerseys, that was tough too. That's <laughs> tough too. How about you know one thing I'll say though, interesting. I don't really know what to make of it, but I don't know if you saw before Sanchez did that, Clint Frazier had Clint pulled, Frazier. Clint, Clint Frazier. Okay. Yeah, he, Clint Frazier held back Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez threw a bow at uh, uh, at uh, at Clint Frazier to get him off him. Clint Frazier was trying to hold him back so he didn't get suspended. Gary pushed him off, elbowed him, and then that's when he did the, uh, uh, gave the shot to him. You don't know what gets said there. You don't know what, what happens, the whole thing. But uh, Clint Frazier is known as being, uh, well, there's rumors that he's a really bad clubhouse guy. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to note that uh, that he tried to help him, and that Sanchez was not happy about him touching him whatsoever. So I don't really know what that means, but I thought That's that was kind of interesting, interesting to, to look at. Also, Batanzas, a lot of people are saying he did it on purpose. I'm in the I'm in the, the the mindset that he did not do it on purpose, but he did have remorse. And I don't. I, and it's like that. You don't throw a 98 mile an hour fastball at anyone's head, no, no matter how much you. You don't him. do that. And Batanzas, having watched him his whole career. Hits a lot of people. He's very, very wild a lot. He's hit more people this year than he has any other year, by the way. So, so, and like, in the past, like, you saying that fact of him hitting a lot of people would have been most likely, more or less statistically invalid before this season. This season specifically, he's hit more people than he ever has. Yeah, and not just with Because he's only hit two or three people a year for yeah. the past couple of years. No, but this season he's hitting a this lot. This year he has, like, seven, which yeah. is... More than triple what he don't normally. And have. he's not—he's not just hitting people with hanging sliders or anything like that. He's—he's he's hitting people with fastballs a lot. He doesn't have command. He's, a lot of times he's—he's like you know a, a Chapman to an extent where he either ha- he's on that day or he's not on that day. This is where I fall. And he had that stretch where he was horrible. This is where I fall on the Batances situation. There were many a Yankee fans saying, literally like direct quote on a hundred people right now. There's no way Dylan Batances tried to hit no, not him no, in the head, not right? No First off, exactly. There's no way you can say there's no way he tried to do that. <coughs> and my main point is he did not have to try to hit him in the head to have tried to brush him back or hit him in the shoulder or back. There's a fine difference between throwing at somebody's head and trying to back somebody off. And trying to send a message, or trying to hit them Which in, is in the back. Which is perfectly legal to brush someone off the plate. All perfectly fine. So when you, as a Yankee fan, try to sound like a normal fan and try not to sound like a super biased idiot, can you fi- can you find the line between hitting someone in the head and trying to send a message and not trying at all? Because there's gray area there. It is not black and white situation where oh well he didn't try to hit him in the head so he's perfectly innocent. That is just stupid. Clearly, it is a possibility that even though he did not try to hit him in the head, he tried to brush him back, he tried to send a message, or he tried to hit him in the back or the ass. The, the problem, There's gray area there. The problem is, though, A, Carlos Torres, the home, home plate umpire, had absolutely no control over that game. There were no warnings issued. 
There was no re- That's another reason. Potential shouldn't get thrown out if there was no warning issue. There was no warning issue up until up until that point. That was that was, and then he didn't uh, to eject him. Then there was uh, uh, Brad Osmus was the yelling um, at the him. The met, and then because Brad Osmus was yelling at him and it interfered with the game, which he's not supposed to be able to do. Right. Um, and then he was able to to eject him, which caused another fight. But also, correct me if I'm wrong. At that point, and this is a couple of days ago, so I forget, but. It was tie game that was no outs. Right. You don't. Walk, it's walking the leadoff hitter. That run's always going to score. You don't want to lose the game. At the end of the day, you you're, don't want to lose that game. And you're correct. And you don't want to lose a pitcher. So you don't want to. They they and then David Robertson came in and hit somebody and didn't get ejected. I think he hit two people that inning. It was nobody was getting ejected. Some people were. It was so it was so mismanaged. And Carlos Torres, if he still has a job at the end of this year, I'd be shocked because he. That's all on him. A hundred percent is on the umpire for not taking control of that game. So many ejections, so many fights. It was great. I loved it. I want more of it. It was um, exciting. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to suck when we have two of our, our two catchers on the on, uh, suspension list and our third catcher on the 40-man roster is on the DL. So we're going to have to figure something out where somebody gets cut. Or, uh, Send Therese back there, baby. Let's go. Let's get Therese behind the dish. I, Toe is the best bench player I've ever seen in my life. He's yeah, so he, good. I love him. He's a lot of fun. He's good to, he's good to love. But had three hundred this year. Yeah, that's and awesome. he's filled in for for all. Of, Could you ask for much more? He filled in a shortstop for a month for D. He filled in at second base for two months and he played some third base plenty. Yeah, love love three hundred. He's a team guy. Three hundred. He's a good team guy. But T-O-E, I think no, no matter no matter T-O-E. that T O E toe toe Reyes. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Um, no matter where you fall on this, whether it be you know pro Sanchez, pro Romine, pro Yankees, pro Tigers, whatever. I think everyone can agree that the um, umpires did a horrible job. Yeah. That's pretty fair. But it's just, is, is it frustrating for you at all to hear all these people, specifically Yankee fans in this situation, just blindly back their team that they have done no wrong? Because I know you, you openly say, you know, Sanchez deserved to get suspended, but maybe Romine did it. Like, you're, you're trying to be reasonable and look at it. Like, right, I, I, I give you credit for certain things, especially regarding the Yankees. Like you're way more rational of a Yankee fan than you are a Knicks fan. Because I'm a real Yankee fan. If you're if you're any like if you're a real fan of anything, if you grow up watching a team and you know exactly what they are instead of you know just the evil empire or whatever, and you know you know that they're not this pristine thing that can't be touched and are indefensible. Uh, they they're a team just like any other one that's had a lot of failures and. In its entirety, they've been around for a really long and time, and they've had a lot of success. Yeah, they sure have. But certainly, you know, but don't act like that they're that they're without um, uh, reproach. And that's a good segue into our next little conversation about the Yankees with little old names on their jerseys. Oh, sure. But before we get to that, I just want to say one more thing. Do I sound like a Yankee hater or a crazy person when I say people need to do a better job of looking at something objectively? By seeing both sides, seeing that punishments were handed out appropriately, aka Mickey got seven and Romine got two, so even if he was defending himself, he still threw punches. He still, you know, returned nobody the favor, there didn't but he got way though. less. But nobody yeah. there didn't throw punches. That's fair. And Mickey was complaining that Judge should have got more. First of all, I, 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 I want to say something. Which is, I want to say something. Mickey was a crybaby the whole time. If Aaron Judge punched him in the throat like he's saying he, he did. He would be dead. We would know about it. I, the <laughs> whole, he'd be dead. Everyone on the team was holding Judge back because he was not allowed to get involved because he would lose, might lose his like right to play baseball because he might kill somebody. Right. That was literally what they were doing. If you, he was not throwing punches in there. It's very, very clear that everyone was holding him back and, uh, because they were afraid that something really bad would happen if that happened. 
Um, Mickey, Mickey, I lost so much respect for him. Don't take out the, the take take. Uh, and Susan Wallman said this during the radio broadcast. She's like, don't take out the fact that you uh, are having a bad year on everyone else. Right. That's exactly what he did. He's having. He's been having a bad year, and I mean, he's been apparently pissy with the Yankees specifically. Since January 3rd, what happened? Uh, June 31st. But what happened was Mikey Matuk, who I hate his face, um, <laughs> he got like hit. He got hit like three times in like in the helmet or something like that. Like they may or may not have been. It was kind of it's hard to say that he, it wasn't on purpose because it happened three times to the same person. Right. And his face is so hittable. <laughs> but I, it's. I mean, who has bad blood with the Tigers? Like they just they're a team. Like they're barely a team. You know. Like it's not like it was the Red Sox. Or anything like that. So, and there was issues inside <laughs> the Tigers locker room between Verlander. And yeah, I saw that with Victor Martinez. Verlander's yeah. right. Verlander mm-hmm. was right. He, there's no need to do that. There was that, that was so it's such an avoidable thing. I'm happy it wasn't avoided. I loved it. I, I wish baseball would have that more. Yeah. Um, but just Claude, Carlos Torres, maybe do your job next time. I agree. Carlos Torres could have helped the situation a lot. Um, and then the Yankees really like you can say they try to defend themselves, but like two wrongs don't make a right. Like defend yourself, and you're still gonna get a little bit of repercussion. Try to be Everyone a little more everything, right. Know? Like try to be a little more reasonable if it's your team. Like I'm sure Tigers fans are out there thinking they're getting screwed. You know what I mean? There, but, there's, there's a chart somewhere in the MLB. Rob Manfred has a chart where he knows exactly what, what deserves suspensions, and they're all going to appeal it. They'll all probably get a game or two less than, the, than they got. Exactly. Um, and at the end of the day, you move past it, and it's good for the team. Exactly. The Tigers are going to be a closer team. The Yankees are going to be a closer team. This is really good for that. So you get through it. Uh, luckily, the Yankees have been scoring like a thousand runs a game, um, except for when they lost an extra one-one, which is bananas to Ariel Miranda, who's trash. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I feel you, man. It, it can bring people together. It's a good thing sometimes. I mean, that's why there's always fights during NFL training camps, right? Like, yeah, bring bring teams a little close together. But that's what we got in the fight. You asked the question though. What you said. Does this make me a Yankee hater? Yes. Because you want people to be objective? Obviously it doesn't, but you are a Yankee hater in other respects. You're, you're <laughs> such a Yankee I'm hater. really not. You are such a Yankee All hater. year long, I gave them credit. Yeah. I was giving them credit all year long. I just like to poke fun when I can. Yeah, you're, you're a hater. I think there's a difference between poking fun and giving credit where credit's due. Because I found it most interesting when I heard, you know, I was listening to the Michael K show, and that gets a certain type of reaction because a lot of Yankee fans listen to it, obviously. But then I was listening to national shows talk about this, and it's a completely different perspective that everybody's calling in on. And it's just Everyone, different. And, and once a narrative gets started, too, where, where, like, now Gary Sanchez is a dirty player. Right. And, and what's... Pedro Martinez... I, uh, I, I'm surprised I, you didn't bring that up I, yet. I, I forgot about this. I was just thinking about this now. Me and Pete, I saw Pete tweet something about... Uh, Pedro Martinez said um, that everyone's going to remember this about Gary Sanchez or whatever the case may be. Pete, and, and people are saying, rightfully so, Pedro Martinez lifted a 76-year-old man... Upside down and knocked him on his head, creating the, uh, a situation where he had to put a metal uh, implant to his skull. Pedro Martinez has no right to say about anything about anything. And if you think that Gar- what Gary Sanchez did was even in the same breath of conversation as what Pedro Martinez did, and you think that um, that, that that Gary Sanchez is actually a scumbag for doing this, pardon my language, but you are an idiot too. You're an absolute idiot. I did not ever say that his thing was similar. Pedro's thing it's, was similar. It's, it's, a, it's a nonsense thing to say. Gary Sanchez did what a lot of people were doing there. There was a lot of sucker punches being thrown. That was the one that got highlighted on camera because it was isolated from everything right. else. Right. It was open. It was isolated from everything else. It's not that big of a deal. It deserves a suspension. It's not that big of a deal. It's all, really not. All I said was his past actions don't make his current opinion invalid. It does. No, it doesn't. No, it does. It doesn't. It does. It, no, it doesn't. It does. Because Pedro Martinez is still connected to pitchers here. 
pitchers there and players here, players there. And he believes that those pitchers are going to remember that Gary Sanchez did this on behalf of Miguel Cabrera, who is looked at as a respected guy, according to Pedro. Right? According to Pedro, Miguel Cabrera is respected. People like him. Now they're not going to like Gary Sanchez. Maybe he might know a little something more than we do about this type of situation. If that's what you mean by players, that's one thing. If you think fans actually will care in like a month. Oh no, I don't. Uh, okay. fans I misunderstood that. If you mean that he's gonna he's gonna have a target on his back by other players. That's yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's a fair. I, I, I was misunderstanding Chiefs, on that. Cheap shots stay around the league forever. That's Pedro that, Martinez said that's a fair that, thing. I mean, Kevin Euclid used to get beaten in the head by Java Chamberlain every time he got in there. Every time. Because yeah, he, he was just like hated him. by Yankee people. I, I fans hate, and I players and everything. Oh, man. All right, that's good stuff. I mean, it was fun. It was exciting. It's just like such a petty world once you start getting into baseball brawls. Such a petty it. world. I love it. It's exciting, but it's also... Dallas. A- <laughs> oh, one, one more quick thing. Dallas Braden's tweet. He, he had a video where he pointed where Gary Sanchez was, and that was the one that went viral. He was like the first person. Do you know he's hanging out with Barstool a lot? Yeah, he works for Barstool now. Um, Dallas Braden was such a like a little snowflake when A-Rod crossed his mound. Yeah. You don't talk about it and fight. Like you are you are He's no- also a sick bastard. That guy's a psycho. Yeah, he's not, he gets a lot more credit than he deserves. Get through, yeah. get through like an 85 mile an hour fastball. Uh, <laughs> for a perfect game. Yeah, in Oakland with the, that foul territory that goes into into like the the next block over. Right. I, I, I don't count that. Before replays. I I don't, that was something I was thinking about the other day. I don't know if there'll ever be a perfect game again with a replay cuz like every one of them has had crazy like I'm mm, sure. nah. You know that's, that's a little too blanket for me. I, I won't go that far at all. I don't know. I think I'll go that far. I mean literally uh, uh, Rick, Rick Hill, like legit almost threw on like last week. But he didn't. But it was damn close. So I, there you go. Pretty damn close. How, how much? Uh, who was it? Was it Logan Forsythe that, that, that blew the blew the play? I don't know. That, the, well, that, that sucks. He, he, he had a perfect. Then he lost in the no hitter in the tenth anyway. Yeah, but it wouldn't. Have, it, it just losing it on an error is, is trash. And that's right. so bad. That's just like a, you look at that teammate and say after the game, "It's okay, man." But deep down, you're like, "I fucking hate you." It's like Armando Galarraga <laughs> when he when, when that ump blew blew his perfect game. Yeah, remember? He just he just looked at him like, "Are you serious?" Because he was he was out by like three feet. It wasn't even close. <laughs> Right. Oh, anything else you want to talk about before we end off this pod? Because we can talk about the names. We kind of pretty much covered how we feel about that already. Yeah, we're on the same page there. We covered it. It's not fun to to, to agree. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, in the, it is, but we already went through that. I went on a mini rant before. Yeah. It's just like Yankee fans, get off your high horse a little bit. Some just sometimes get off your high horse a little bit. You're better than us overall. And I'm, when I say us, I mean everybody else in the league. Take your stuff that's better and be proud of it. Don't complain about a little stupid name on a jersey that lasted one weekend. This is. Uh, Simple. It is like it is like the Kaepernick thing for me. It's like if you if if, if you don't you want to stand whatever you're probably a jerk. But if you care about it, you're you're a bigger jerk. Like if you just care about right. it. Right. If you let like I saw I saw people on Facebook and they're they're mostly older folk yeah. say that they're protesting the NFL and they're not going to watch the NFL. You're I'm right. just sorry that you're not going to watch football. You. I'm and there are people you. who love football. <laughs> it's just like try to try to leave separated things separate. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's leave some separated things separate. Unless it affects you or affects your team, just like, you know, just get over it. Speaking of um, this podcast, which we weren't, I think I think a good move for us, you know, a good like for the whole podcast brand, would be for us to just, like try to start beef with Barcelona. I feel like that's how people just try no, to do it right I, now. Because I, I, I've done that once. Uh, <laughs> and, and I, I, my, my, Did you really? I, my mentions were broken for like six days. What happened? I quoted the, about the Mets being like a classless organization once. To one and of KFC the, one. got on you? Sure did. 
I'm a huge Barstow guy. I don't want to. You know, I'm. I'm. I will never do that again. I almost called out Dallas Braden about that situation. I was like. I can't handle getting attacked for. <laughs> That's for, actually really funny. Days. I never knew that, that happened. I mean, I think their culture is a little aggressive. You know how I feel. Like it's a little much for me. And Peter Rosenberg, who I'm a fan of, actually He's just the worst. got into He's a, the worst. he got into a riff with them. But apparently, they met and did a show or something. Yeah, he, it was he, better. Got, he got he got eaten alive by by uh, by the uh, by Dave Portnoy. The, the, the yeah, I, whatever. Like, it doesn't so, matter. Yeah, but you know how I feel. Like they have. a... This is just my opinion here. They have like an aggressive culture, but I get why they're successful. And I always say this. If you don't think most of those guys don't work hard, like if you think that oh, EFT and Big Cat just like throw out funny stuff randomly because they're funny guys, you're an idiot. Those people work and they are good at what they do. Like give yeah. them credit for being good workers. You know, it's my favorite podcast. I'm just kidding. Our our podcast is my favorite podcast. But thanks, man. <laughs> well, that's all we got for today. Any any last words? No, man. I'm good. This happy is birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. This is Sports Blog Nerd Podcast. By the way, if you haven't listened to an episode from last week, we had MLB.com writer Joe Trezza on. I don't know if you listened yet, Alec, but great stories from him being inside the locker rooms of City Field and Yankee Stadium all summer, talking to opposing players, talking to Mets and Yankee players, some cool stories about Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado, that he's just interacting with these guys on like a personal level, catching them in the locker room, catching them in the, in the tunnel working out. Really cool stories, so check out that episode. Um, MLB.com writer Joe Trezza, that's the SBNY podcast. So if you like what you've been hearing, don't forget... As we always say, to subscribe, rate, and review this fine pro- pro- uh, podcast. And stay tuned because we got more NFL, we got more NBA, and we got MLB playoffs coming around the corner. Hopefully, you enjoyed, and more importantly, enjoy your week. Have a good one.